0: Kick it over, I'm running. My first touch, I hear. (laughs) Nah man, that's them. I didn't just hear monkey noises. Nah nah nah. A minute later, monkey chants again. It's the first time where I felt vulnerable.
1: Hello everyone, thank you so much for joining me today and welcome to the next episode of Influence Me with me, Shaney Ryan. With 45% of the world's population now using social media on a daily basis, we are now more and more influenced by the people that we follow. But. Social media is such a tricky space to figure out what's real and what's in the highlight reel. So I wanted to create this podcast to dig really deep and get to know the people we look up to and get to know the person behind the digital fame. With this podcast, I'm going to introduce you to some incredible people with amazing journeys and stories to share that you can either relate to or be inspired by. Welcome to Influence Me. First impressions are everything, right? Well, not with this guest. Short on first impression, you would be right to think he doesn't look like your average football player, or influencer for that matter, and you would also be right to think that he's even more hench in real life than he looks on Instagram. But it's only after spending time with him that you would learn he is a protective and loving family man with an incredible sense of values. He's got an infectious laugh and an epic work ethic on and off the pitch. He has used his standout appearance on the pitch, both in skill and stature, to create an incredibly impressive career as a brand ambassador off the pitch. He's partnered with some of the biggest brands, including the NFL, EA Sports, with FIFA naming him the world's strongest footballer on multiple versions of the game. Titles like this have led him to an Instagram following of over 1.1 million people, and he has a level of fame That actually overshadows many Premier League football players. He has written and published his book, The Beast My Story, and he has his clothing line called Beast Mode On. He bagged his first presenting gig hosting a FIFA show called Game On, providing an insight into the tournament players and the latest matches from the Gfinity Elite Series. Now, his schedule was a total nightmare with what He's got about 10 careers, I think, <laughs> that he's juggling at the same time. But he still, bless him, managed to make it work to sit here and talk with me today. So please welcome to my sofa, my old friend, Bio Akin Fenwar, a.k.a. Tank.
0: Hey, Shaney, you made me sound like a real, real epic individual. You just made me sound like You're it. a nah. star.
1: No, you are a star. No, you are. When people sit down and do, I don't know, like Piers Morgan's life stories, they're usually like you know towards the end of yeah. the game or like they're working their way forward but you're sitting here like in your prime yeah. and you've done all of that
0: yes I, listen i'm blessed i know that already um i'm humbled and, and i am and it's funny because I, you know I, I'm, I'm laughing because you're reading what you're reading but you know take all that away i'd still be me and this is where we'll mm. tackle that look the worst thing is me and you will tackle this because <laughs> we've known each other for a hot minute we you have know? um and it don't matter the accolades or what people say. First and foremost, I'm a, I'm a, I would say I'm a God fearing individual, and I'm trying to be the best individual I can be, regardless of the accolades. And that's what I'm trying to do. And you know, I'm, I fell down a few times, sort of thing, but I'm, I'm, I'm trying to maintain. So it is nice to hear, you know, the accomplishments that. Um, I've been able to accomplish, Um but yeah, nah, it's decent.
1: We're definitely gonna go through them, but I wanna go back to 2013. When we met. Gillingham. Yes. 2013, you walked into Player's Lounge. Yeah. And yeah. uh I said to Tony's mum, uh, who is that? And yeah. she was like, Pretty sure he plays football with Tony. I was like, no way. Oh, no. And it wasn't just you. It was you. It was the whole crew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know, yeah, yeah. you roll with your family. You roll yeah. with your brothers. Like, yeah. you don't walk... is This is the first time I've seen you in a room on your own.
0: Yeah, I know. To be fair, everybody was busy. I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> every new club. My family always be there, especially first game. Both my brothers manage my... Um, they're my managers, so my off-field stuff, they manage me. Um, I've got my sister, so no matter what in life, um, and we'll go right back to the beginning, I've always had that foundation, that Mm. support system. So that's why I keep saying I've never been able to, I've never had to do anything alone per se, in a sense where, of course, I've I've tackled challenges alone, but know that, listen, they're not too far away.
1: Your childhood, you grew up in Islington, right? Yep. And uh, you're on the top floor of a tower block in, is it Mayfield Council Estate? Yeah. Yeah, I did my research there. Talk, talk to me about your childhood, what your memories are of that. Like, You your, know what? I think
0: my childhood was amazing. And, and it's funny because I compare it to my kids' childhood. And of course it's different because the demographic, in the sense of, is different of where we lived. I lived in an estate and we're going back oh, 37 years now. So we're going back 30 odd years. So I'm, I'll start from seven or maybe mm. five. Back then, the estate, was where everybody hung out. So it was literally, in especially six weeks holidays, everybody was downstairs. Kids just running around. Kids just running around. Or, you know, there weren't no cell phones, so if you wanted to go find somebody, you go knock on their door. So it was a much more... The word, I don't want to use family-orientated, but it was a much more... Community. Together community. Whereas I wouldn't let my kids just go out now. And I literally wouldn't, you know. So what I'm talking about... And I think it's pros and cons to that, because I think you find a quicker independence when you're, you've are you got a community, because, look, you go out, you play football, you play run-outs, you fall run down. Out. oh my God, you do that taking me back. Water fights, you fall down, you graze your knee, you don't want to go in, so, you, so you're that much independent. You would climb trees, you know, stuff like that. So for me, when I look back at my childhood, I, think it was amazing, you know, even a little at the time when you're a kid and your parents say, listen, you can't go out and because my parents were the known, the ones where if they were at home, nobody wanted to be by my yard, you know, (laughs) typical African parents, like... (laughs) look, my boy should be at home reading the book because he's going to be a lawyer, he's going to be a doctor. You know, it was that. They were the strict parents yeah, sort of thing. So, of course, I'd look at it sometimes and I weren't allowed out. and you'd hear them all playing. I'm thinking, oh, mum.
1: I was going to say, like, you you had a really strict Nigerian mum, right? Real strict. Like, real strict on a different level. So, what did she make of you when you were like, mum, I want to be a footballer? And you didn't say, mum, I want to be a doctor or a by lawyer. Time, was that saying, a madness? By the time
0: it got to me, they just was like, you know what? This there's no point in forcing this one because he's so headstrong. And that's the funny thing, is because my older sister went to university, my older brother went to university, and my parents, they shaped that. They're like, listen, you know, education is key. Mm. And they got to me and like when they had a book, I had a football. And that's just what it was. So my parents are just like, you know what? This one football is all he knows football is all he wants so and i like this is what i keep saying like the support from my parents have been there from the the get-go because they never tried to deter me from that you know um so my, my mom made a deal with me i remember when I.
1: i love hit, it when parents make deals they, that, I feel like that's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I've done quite a few of these episodes now. And the amount of times I've heard people say, my parents made a deal with me. And it's always when you want to go down a creative route. Yeah. Or, a, you know, when sport we say route. that,
0: you know, it's not really a deal. It's really, we know you can't do it right now. So we feel like we're giving you this to feel like you've got some sort of control. But we don't. Yeah. I do that with my kids now. So, but when you're older, you're like, yeah, yeah, they made a deal. And my mum's like, Look, it's win-win for me. Yeah, there like was if no you deal. you come and bring a contract at 16, cool, you're earning. If not, you're going to school. So ultimately, there was no deal. Was no it deal. She's telling me this is what you're basically going to do. It's either or. Yeah. So, but I knew that she made a deal. I felt I was in control because yeah. I walked away. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's how much I was like, you know, football came very easy to me as a youngster. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, I went out there and it was, I trained and I practised, and I say trained, I went out and played football, you yeah, know, and it's, wasn't that's why I, I say too. Yeah, it wasn't like, but when we went out six weeks' holidays, the person who had the ball, that's when the day started, when the person who had the ball turned up, that would have been that nine o'clock, ten o'clock in the morning, and we literally played football till five o'clock. That was me every day. It was so the estate was, the was basically
1: integral to your football career? Oh, massive. Playing in the cage
0: was... Literally, my education to football, you know playing, dribbling, having to fight with people older than me, getting my strength. And it was literally, that was the starting point. I wouldn't, have done, they're saying I wouldn't have been a footballer, but that was the starting point
1: of my career. That's incredible. It's it's nice to know that like your sister and your brothers were like such a big part of- Massive, still today. And that's why they're, they're all around you, still I'm, today helping you in your career. I'm, they just, I'm blessed get because
0: they helped, you know, my sister, massive part, brother, the reason I started playing football was my older brother, um, mm. my younger brother, the, the first line of management in what I do. So what I mean is family oriented, it's literally family oriented. And my mum's still there to tell me my room's messy, my house is, me- you know, my mum is, she is, uh, it's crazy because everybody sees me as this big, strong individual and it's like-
1: No, it's taken a village. I, I'm telling you, it <laughs> has. So speaking of your mum and dad, um, Am I right in saying your dad's a Muslim? Yeah. And your mum is Christian. Yes. And you were raised observing Ramadan as a child, but you're now a practicing Christian. So, yep. I want to know how you began to kind of like figure out your own way in faith, and you know how you managed, how you chose which route you were going to go down, how that affected relationship with both parents, um, and what it was like kind of being a part of a completely different religion to what you are now as a child.
0: Um, so I I, I always knew, I always knew both growing up. Mm. My mum and when I, I... See, it's funny because I don't think I've mentioned my dad once already. Not and yet. my dad is the first guy who showed me what a man is. You know, he's... I mean, still to date, he calls me after every game, win, lose or draw. If we lose, it's my fault. You know, that's how it is. I'm 37 now and he'll be like, bye you. Why did you lose? I'm like, oh, dad, I didn't even start. Like, I didn't even play, you know. But it's <laughs> my he puts that on me, and he and he, he always has. Like, it's it's crazy. But if I can be half the dad my dad is to how he was to me, then I've done well. Growing up, um, my mum was Christian, read the Bible. Dad's Muslim. Mum was born Muslim, so we're all born. Muslim. That's the reason why our names, we've got Muslim names. That's why my first name is Saeed. It's funny because there was no, in our household, there was no um, translation for the Quran, but we had the Bible Mm. so we could understand the Bible. So we could pick up the Bible and read the Bible. I couldn't pick up the Quran and read the Quran. So naturally, it just, because my mum kept on saying, you gotta go pray, you gotta pray, it was, I could understand the Bible. So that's how, as I've gotten older, I've read the Bible, Got read the Bible, read the Bible, read the Bible, and then as myself, as I've gotten older, saw my life, and I keep saying this to people, faith is forever. When people keep talking about, you know, what I do, that's temporary. Football is going to end, you know. Whatever profession I get in, one day will end. My faith will never end. And I always say that because my life is testament of the Almighty. I just... There's many people that's been in my situation. And it's funny because there's nobody that's done what I've done. No. So my life is testament. So even more, I'd say faith, good, bad or indifferent. You know what I'm saying? I'm Look, I sin daily. I never depict that I'm a perfect individual. Far from it, <laughs> you know. And every day, you know, I try and repent. Every day, I try and pray and say, listen, I know I'm trying to get closer to you. And I know. And every day, but it came down that avenue just because of the the emphasis of my mum. Yeah, that's she the just pushed I, harder, right? Just pushed harder, and yeah. that was what it was. And then, of course, you get to an age where then what connects with you, and that's what connected with me. Whereas, Dad's still now, Dad Ramadan, but the the the, the bond they've got, and the relationship they've gone, my mum, when Ramadan comes, my mum fast with my dad.
1: Oh, so she's supportive So she's rather.
0: supportive like that. So they've done it. So, and I, I've I had this conversation with my older brother, whereas he's raising his kids the same he's like listen I, we was raised this way so i'm not going to forget the muslim side
1: whereas for me it's, it's quite rare isn't it it's, but it's, no, 100%. Like, i don't think i've ever heard um anyone kind of explain their upbringing in the same yeah. way as you. like it's actually really nice because it's it's showing you that actually two different religions can coexist side 100%. by side in harmony 100%. and 100%. raise children in harmony 100%. and i think there's a lot to be learned from that
0: 100% and it's like but then for me it's like you know some people may hear this and may get offended or some people may say listen no it's not it's only one way and that and that may work for them and yeah, that's yeah. listen i'm like look i keep saying it, and there was there was a long time it's funny there was a long time that when i was younger and we went to church with my mum and i had had a problem with when I used to hear the pastor talk because I felt he was very preachy and it was like, listen, what I'm saying is the only thing right and everything else is wrong. And I was like... Didn't sit well, well with you. I was you. like, who was you to say that? And I remember as I got a bit older, I was like, listen, I don't know if I'm going to go to church. I just felt it was very preachy. They were moving very righteous and that. And then I remember I met a dude at church and he was like, listen, um, don't let nobody... Send you away from something that you want to do. But when you went to school, did you agree with everything? I was like, nah. It's like, that's the same with church. You're going to hear stuff you don't agree with, and you're going to hear stuff that you do agree with. Take the stuff you agree with. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, yeah, you know what actually makes sense. And then I went into, started to go to church on the fact where it was like, listen, I'm not going to agree with everything. And that's fine. You know what I'm saying? But the ones I do, I'll take what you need from it. What I need from it. But then, my biggest thing is, take religion out of it everybody's got to have their own relationship with the higher being the god i mean and that's mine i couldn't say what worked for me may work for another i'd say you've got to have your own relationship like my relationship is different from my mum's like Mm. you know what i'm saying but i've got a relationship with god you know what i'm saying and i'll always look at as god is the parent so just like you could have siblings and every single one every single one of your siblings could have a different relationship with mum and dad yeah, 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 and that's the same for me we've no got it's no different you know what i'm saying he loves you he knows sometimes you're going to be naughty he, he, but, and sometimes you know when you want something from a parent that week or that two weeks, all of a sudden you're <laughs> supremely good. And it's the same, I look at it, it's the same with God. You know, I'm like, well, I've got a big game. Don't swear. You know what I'm saying? Behave. Don't do this. Behave <laughs> for that two weeks. And it's like, and I was like, but just like your parents know your your true colours and your true insights, God knows it. So you're not fooling nobody like that. And It's I, a really honestly, nice way
1: to explain it. And that's it. how
0: it's for me. And that's how I look at it. So listen, I always say this in life. I hope nobody gets offended because in life you work as... You've got to have your whole internal relationship with whatever you do in life, sort of thing, and that's just my one.
1: Definitely. So speaking about relationships, like we've already touched on the fact you're really close to your family. Yeah. You're a tight knit group. Um, you're also quite private though. So like Massively. you and the boys or your brothers, um, you're out. Like, you know, <laughs> Black Panther premiere. You came head to toe African dress, like showing up like a unit. Yeah. Um. And you make an impression on every room that you walk into. Yeah. (laughs) The kids, you're putting a little bit now on social media, more than what you used to. Yeah. Your relationship, though. Yes. You and Mish, you're such a gorgeous couple, but you're very protective of what goes out in the media um, and what goes out on social media and stuff. Now, I have the joy of having met her, so I know who we're talking about. Um, I just wanted to know why you keep that so private compared to everything else, what the motivation is there. Do you know is what? It's really interesting? See, me, I think that in life... Because you guys are couple goals.
0: Yeah, see, look, for me, this is how I look at it. You know, I feel that sometimes people put things to standards and I'm very powerful in energy, both positive and negative, and I think it's contagious.
1: Definitely, and I agree. I al-
0: but then I also think that there's things that people live out. Publicly, which should be privately, personally. You know mm. what I'm saying? And that be some people's relationships, some people's problems, some people's arguments. So I think sometimes we have got so used to showing every aspect of our lives for the world, mm. and I literally don't think it's so. And it's and I have this debate all the time, just all the time, in the sense where like little things where I had this debate with one of my good friends who who split up with her man because he didn't post her. And for me, I was like... That's wild. You know, but this is what I'm saying. But you say it's wide. I bet you any money you've you've had people that be like, oh, you know what, well, why don't you post me? And I've had arguments of why somebody doesn't post them. So they will tick every box. But then that person needs validation that they want the world to know that they're together. And for me, it's like, well, look, if we tick every box and and uh, the cynic in people turn around and be like, well if you tick every box and you lot a call why don't you want to show it off why do you want the world to know and it's but why look at it that way why does mm. the world need to know every mm. avenue and aspect of people's lives
1: does she mind not being on the social but, media i oh, feel like she's, she's, quite, she's quite shy and private she anyway don't, she don't she? she don't
0: um she she doesn't have no social media at all but it's funny because there's we're very much about our kids. So yeah. there's things that, you know what I'm saying, I've gone through, you know, and I, I had to ask her permission to pull it in the book. And even now, you know, whereas we, we know that there's certain things that my 12 my year old girl will know stuff about, will know stuff about me because of her friends and X, Y and Z. And, and, but then my nine year old boy who hasn't got a mobile phone, that's what, there's certain things he won't. So we protect them yeah. as, so ultimately take out the relationship aspect of, me and their mum, we're very much, we are protecting our kids and then whatever the world wants to know or whatever the world wants to find out or put together is what they do because ultimately our family comes first. Well,
1: I really respect it. Like, I've seen you guys together. You guys are absolutely gorgeous as a couple and you're both amazing parents. Yeah. Uh, we're troublesome together. right? Uh, yeah, Trust I remember. Me, we're our, what was it? The Christmas party? We were all yeah, man, yo, misbehaving.
0: Y'all know Mish, man. Mish is... She's good fun. Yo, yeah. She don't play but You know what I'm saying? And I say it's not... It's, it's not. I'm not an easy individual. Um, and, she you
1: know, puts I'm up saying, with a lot.
0: Yeah, man, but trust me, she, she she don't take no crap. Trust me, she don't take no
1: crap. Speaking about taking no crap, I saw a post that you did about your daughter's birthday yeah. uh, and you, in the post, had two baseball bats. Oh. Just to let people know what time it was. Oh, you, <laughs>
0: let, look, let me tell you something. People think the real reason I go to the gym all the time is because of football and beast mode. I've got two daughters, I promise you... <laughs> I am staying hench for the rest of my life, okay? <laughs> hey? But I always say there's, and uh, Mish gets a bit mad because there's three, there's three girls or three women in this world that have got my heart, and there's really not much I can do about it. And that's my mum and my two girls. Like they've really got me wrapped around my finger, and it's gonna. It's funny because. Um, this is, I've never ever said this anywhere, so you get this exclusive. So my daughter's of age, innit? And I, write, so it's my daughter, then it's the son I had when me and Mish wasn't together. Mm-hmm. But of course my daughter didn't know that. Um, and my kids have only known what they've known, what we've showed them. But now my daughter's of age and she's put in two to two together. And she's like, well, that's my brother, but you're not his mum, what, what happened, happened? then? yeah. And it was like the first time I say my daughter looked at me with non-superhero eyes. And I I, I keep saying like, um, anybody that's got kids, it's the scariest thing, it's the scariest thing, it's the thing that can, it can cut you down as a person. Um, And that's what it did. And it was like, I, I see my daughter and she just, the look was different, you know what I'm saying? And of course I get it, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm very, I'm a big kid. Very affectionate with my kids, you know, hug and kiss, and I don't care in public. Kiss me or hug me, doesn't matter. Mm. She's got to that age where it's like, Dad, you're embarrassing me. Like, <laughs> you know I'm so I'm like, so I do it even more, and that's how I am in it, sort of thing. And then it was one where it wasn't even about the embarrassment; it was in the fact where she was just like, "Raw, like you're human." Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. And we are human, and we, are, you know what I'm saying, but. You always want your kids to realise you're human later on. Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? And it was, you see, and that was, um, and that's the thing where I keep saying that, you know, there's certain things where you've got to keep in check. Do you know what I'm saying? And there's certain things that you just, the world don't need to know about. Do you know mm. what I'm saying? And and again, that buys into, whereas um, I keep a lot of things private, you know what I'm saying? In the sense where, people don't know 100% of stuff just because it's one, not their business and two, there's reasons why people should keep certain things, you know what I'm saying, in check. But yeah, man, my girls are my girls and I'll forever be that superhero. And I've got to maintain, I've got to try and get back to that superhero status to my daughter, the seven year old. How's it
1: been with her since she kind of put, since you explained everything?
0: It's a process, it's been cool.
1: Like, like no, don't get it twisted, like,
0: um, we had a sit down and again, that's the hardest thing as well yeah, to do. Yeah, the sit
1: down boy. I tried to was take Was it you me. and Michelle? Did you sit down? No, it was me and her.
0: It was, she looked at me different. Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? Her relationship with her mum type, she looked at me different. Um, so we had a sit down and we had a conversation and we laid out. You know what I'm saying? I said, like, listen, this is what happened. You know what I'm saying? You're, you're, you're old enough now. You know what I'm saying? But again, there's certain things with your child and as parents, we, we've got to feel... We gotta keep from you just to protect you. But there's certain things that now just saw a clarity in your mind. Um but no man, we're good. Like I still I still embarrass her and annoy her all the time. I dropped her off today and we've got this thing where we do rock, paper, scissors, and whoever loses, if she wins, I spud her, she don't get a kiss, I win, I get my kiss. And that's how we've done a deal. So that's the deal <laughs> I've done.
1: I've done with my daughter. You're doing
0: deals now. I'm doing deals with that sort of thing. Ultimately, it's like i I've got to give you this until I'm your superhero again, then no deals.
1: Oh, <coughs> keep working at it. She'll come around. No doubt. Thanks for sharing that, nah, babe. That's cool. So you've always been a big lad. Yes. How did that affect maybe your confidence going into a professional football world that you didn't look like everyone else?
0: Ah, oh, no. It's funny because I keep saying this and I've said this a few times. Um, I didn't set out to be different. Mm. I literally didn't set out to be different. My size has always been me. Mm. So, but even with my size, I still was better than them. So it wasn't like, for me, it wasn't like my size hindered me, especially in my mind. So it wasn't like I was going and I was training and I was blowing or I wasn't technically as good as the... I was going into wherever I went in and I was as good, if not better than the players there. So for me, I didn't have a perception. I didn't have, oh, I've got to be slim and slender and now I was like I'm me and I've always been me and I always will be me but then I'm not gonna lie now and say oh look I'm gonna get the biggest I can be and and stand out and be different no I literally just went into every situation I went in to be me and that's what it was not what for me was they focused on it they honed in and was like oh you know what you can play but you're a bit big and so I was like okay and I was like yeah and I was thinking but Ain't that just training. So if mm. I can kick like them, I can run like them and my touch is like them. And I, If I train every day, the size thing of it, how's
1: that going to be? I always remember sitting there and there was fans sat behind me and it was one of the earlier games in the season, home yeah. games, so the fans were still getting to know yeah. a lot of the players. And so, I can't remember, something happened, but you just shot across the pitch. And I'll never forget everyone's reaction around me, just being like, Whoa! Like, he can move. Yeah. He can move. Because you know they were so shocked. Yes.
0: Do you know what? They were so shocked. I, I just get weren't... that. Every, I think, you know what? Maybe once a season, I get a, oh, he can run. Like, yeah. Because it takes that long to get up to speed to be able to run that fast now anyway. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but it's funny because, like he was saying, people will not know, Like, but anybody that knew me before I broke my leg, I actually was a runner. I actually, my game was totally different to what i have been doing or what I turned my game into. So I broke my leg at 24. So at 24, I was at Swansea, broke my leg. And to be fair, from there, my whole style as footballer changed. But prior to that, I actually was a runner. So every now and again, it all clicks together and I kind of get into a stride and I can move. But I get that. Um, but it's, it's mad. As I've gotten older, I've got so much more comfortable so I've always been confident but as you get older like I think in life you become way more comfortable Mm. in your skin do you know what I'm saying Mm. I would always say that even though when I was I still was getting big the big shout when I was 21 22 um, but I could run I could move more so I was way more mobile than what I was now so I wouldn't say it affected me when I got the big shout because I was always used to getting the big shout. But as I've gotten older, I've got so much more comfortable in my skin.
1: Um, I think uh, there's a lesson to learn there, though, for anyone kind of listening who maybe doesn't fit the stereotypes in some way or another. And the fact that you didn't let that at all fall to your confidence... What kind of advice would you give to people if they're in a situation, any situation, obviously not your situation is very unique, yeah. um, but any situation where maybe they're not fitting the stereotype or their face doesn't seem to fit the norm of that career. Like how could you <coughs> keep your confidence high, keep focus, and just go for it? Cause I think that could help people.
0: You know what, I'll always say this. My biggest advice to individuals is you, there's the greatest power we've got as individuals is being us. There's nobody else out there that's you. That's first and foremost. So hear that. So, and nobody can do you better than you. Mm. So know that. So I don't care what manager comes in or what beautician comes in or what anybody says. Nobody can do you better than you. So that's first and foremost. And then you've got to believe in yourself. It Actually, if you don't believe in yourself, you're defeating yourself. That's ultimately what it is. So my belief came in that, that nobody's nobody's me. You know what I'm saying? Nobody's me. And it's it's funny because once you get to those two bits, then this is the way that the way I the way I now the statement I say, it embodies that. But you can't embody that until you believe in yourself. Don't do things to prove people wrong. Do things to prove yourself right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The reason I do it that way round is because the energy you put in to proving somebody wrong. You take away from proving yourself right. Mm, So put that energy in proving yourself right,
1: because then
0: ultimately you prove them wrong down the line.
1: His and hers renovations and interiors. Property finding service, helping you find the perfect home or investment property. Renovations. Enlist our team of specialist builders, ensuring the highest quality finishes. Project management. Taking the stress out of managing your project, leaving you to focus on work, family and household commitments interior design we create a space that you can be proud of let us simply design your home or fully furnish your space down to the finest details our aim is to never bring you a problem only a solution helping you to create your dream home follow us on instagram at his and hers renovations interiors or visit our website at www.hisandhersrenovationsandinteriors.com Let's talk about your early stages in football, where racism Ooh. was rife. You had a hard time of it in yes. the early in the early days. Um, talk to me about some of the racism that you experienced, because I know some in certain countries as well was pretty horrific.
0: Yeah, I'm, it's, it's crazy because we're going back 20 years ago. Yeah, but then that's still happening today, and that's that's crazy. That, that's the mad thing about it. You know what I'm saying? What's happening to like? the Stirlings and the Tyrone Mings and Rashfords and that, you know, the chance they're getting. I was like, yo, I was hearing this 20 years ago in the game that we're still playing. And it's funny because it's not a football problem. Like, for anybody that thinks it's a football problem, they're deluded. It's a society problem. The people that are racist in society are going to watch football and they're just being that. So it's that. So it's not, if you stop football tomorrow, there'll still be racism. So it's not. But, of course, within... The, the field that we in, the governing and the powers that be, can do more to stop what's happening for What do you think
1: they could do? Do you know what? I, it, that they're not doing already. I,
0: I do think that I, I see something where they find one club, I'm just, I don't know the exact figure, but 20,000, and I'm just putting that out, and they find a player for advertising 58,000. So if you're saying to me that you're going to punish somebody more because they got a contract and was getting money for advertising, if that means more to you than some fans being racist, that for me just shows where yeah. you're very much just flipping on it. And the governing body, and it needs to be consistent, they need to show that, you know what, we ain't standing for this. No tolerance. There's nothing for that. And we're going to hit you with the harshest penalty. you can't be flipping and be, there's, you're going to be more harsher penalties because they broke some fair play rule in the sense of bringing an extra player or spending more money, but clubs be doing racial and it's less of a fine. How is that less for somebody coming to their place of work? And that's one thing also that gets me is that it feels like as soon as you're a footballer, your human rights go out the window. Yeah,
1: because if you walked into an office and somebody started shouting racial slurs at you, <laughs> like I mean That for me is That's crazy. You that's your hearing, place of
0: work. You know what, they should be the bigger play person. I'm like, what? Hold on if so if you was anywhere else but a football field and somebody said that how would you react but as soon as all of a sudden you're a footballer it's like it just comes to the job and it doesn't and that's for me the message that first and foremost needs to get out that no it's not just a job no it's not acceptable on any level and this so that's the thing with the governing body which i think they need to be do more also i don't think it's a quick fix so when i also do say they need to do more i do understand that it's not just a football problem yeah and it's going to take time but if they do not i think we've talked about it now because i always say that the, the the start of tackling any problem is talking about it Absolutely. we're doing that
1: yeah, yeah. so now
0: some actions need to start because we've been talking about this for a while i went out to lithuania at 18 so same i was trying to make it over here um and i was getting rejected i was like nah listen you're a good player but i think you're a bit big Baffling because I thought the training side of it would be the easy side make getting me fit I thought was the easy side, but I was getting that getting that maybe I wasn't as, maybe I wasn't as good as what I Thought I was do you know what I'm saying, but I was always hearing you're good. but You're just a bit big I was like, Okay fair enough, maybe I didn't have the time to Work with me. There's or definitely get me stereotypes
1: to... though, because Tony was a um, centre back yeah. and he used to get told that he wasn't tall enough. Yeah. But you see him jump right mm. to head a ball, like no Clearly. one can spring, Nobody can spring like spring like things. So, see, and that's why it it's is. just like stereotypes it's, of what a certain position has to be. You know what? Be. There
0: is, I think, in life for certain people to for things to work easier in their brain they put people in boxes, or they put things in boxes just because it fits, mm. do you know what I'm saying? It's like, boy, you're from here, you can't do this, you're this size, or you're too small to be a basketball player, or you're too big to play football, you know? So it's literally, I think, people's mindsets and perceptions are already preconceived, you know what I'm saying? And that's where it would have been, sinks, exactly. And for me, I, it's beautiful because it's not just me, it's in all walks of life, do Absolutely. you know what I'm saying? So I was hearing that, hearing that, and I was like, look, I'm going to be a footballer. So one way or another, I'm playing football. Um, And I I remember my mum saying this, she was like, listen, you you were so stubborn and determined. That's one reason why we couldn't, we didn't want to deter you from that because we knew from the age, such a young age, football is what you did or wanted to do. So I was like, listen, I'm going to be a footballer. So whatever it takes, I'm going to play football. So the opportunity with Lithuania came around. Um, They was like, look, they play, Champions League and UEFA Cup football um, they said they pay cash in hand I was like oh, I'm 18 you know what I'll go out I'll there i take it. I'll go out there and they should make it easier for me to get a club back here because if a European club wanted me
1: yeah,
0: how you know what I'm saying and, and they and
1: play Champions League so I was thinking
0: yeah I'm going to go out so they said listen come out for a trial and then we'll go from there so I was like look we we'll um, fly you out for two weeks a two-week trial so I was like yeah this was like mid-september um, so they flew me out put me up in a five-star hotel to be fair I'd never heard of Lithuania before never heard of Lithuania mm. but got there it was, it was hot the city I stayed in, it was Klaiporo it was beautiful so I was like raw you know what this ain't too bad you know mm. so I went there training nobody spoke English um, when they're training but it's funny Football is the universal language, yeah. you know what I'm saying? You don't really need, you just need a pass. Give yeah. me, give me. So that's how I manoeuvred the club president, spoke English. And after the third day, I kid you not, when a trial couldn't have gone any better for me. Like, I went out there and three days, I was like, "Raw, I'm a real baller. Like, it was heads and shoulders above them. And it's funny because it was Eastern Europe, so they were strong, mm. big. Um, technically, wasn't the greatest, but they were very strong. So for me, I was strong, quick, technical. So it was good. So the trial just went. So after the third, the third day, they was like, "Listen, we want to sign you." It was like they want to sign me for three years. I was like, <laughs> "So not that I was moving arrogant, but I was like, I knew you would want to sign me." So after the third day, they was like, "Look, we want to sign." I was like, "Ah, you know what? Cool." Their season was finishing. Their season kicked off from April to. December because mm. of their winter breaks because um, their is very fierce so it was September season almost finished I was like alright look you know what if I sign we'll do it for next season but by that time I was thinking look I'm going to get back clubs here are going to know that a, um, a European club want me they're going to be flocking at me so I got back and I was so re- relaxed I was like yeah yeah I got back there September came nothing October came nothing November came nothing uh, December came nothing. So still at home thinking, yeah, yeah, cool. In, I'm, I'm 18 at this time. So um, I'm enjoying Christmas. Yeah, I was like, cool, I'm going to get a club. January came nothing. February came nothing. So I'm going to my agent. I'm like, yo, what's going on? He's like, you know what, B, there's none. You might have to go to Lithuania. Like, you may have to go to Lithuania. I was like, oh. So then their season kicks off in April. They start pre-season in March. So it's the end of February. So it's like, look, you need, you need to come if you're going to sign. And it's like April, so our season over here is finishing. So I'm thinking, you know what? I'm going to go out there for a season. Like, I'll go out there for a season, play football, get money, good money, no tax, you know what I'm saying, cash in hand, brown paper bags and that, like, like, yeah, no tax, man, it's gone now, long time ago. Uh, So, uh, brown paper bags and that, I was like, ah, cool, all right, you know what, I'm gonna do it, like, I wanna be a footballer. They play Europe, so I was like, I'm gonna go do it. So in my head, I'm like, I'm gonna sign one year. My agent didn't come out with me. So I thought I was signing one year, two year, my option to keep them sweet. I must not have read it, so I signed a complete three-year contract. So, anyway, I I will tackle that later on. So anyway, I get there. Remember, my first impression of Lithuania was beautiful. Got there, sun shining. We flew into Vilnius, straight away I was like, all I saw was white, so I was like, nah. So we landed just snow everywhere. So I was like, oh, wow, it's really cold. Drove the four hours from Vilnius, which was the capital, to Clapador. And it was just freezing. So I was like, oh, wow, this is not <laughs> what I remember at all. So anyway... That's
1: why they flew you out when they flew you out. no and you know what the
0: worst thing is, I'm starting to clock everything now, but I'm like, they're slick, but say no more. So I got them back to here on anyway. <laughs> they, showed, they showed you the they lifestyle. really got me. I was like, yo, this is oh, really wow. cold. So anyway i say I got there, so after two days, I got into my, the, the house I was staying, they put me up in a nice house, they gave me a car, all that. It was All that side of it was good. Then we, our first pre-season game, we're on a coach, we pull into the stadium, it's on 3G, and as you pull in, there's snow everywhere. So in my head, I'm like, the game's called off. That's what it had to be in London. Yeah, 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 yeah. Game's called off. So I'm thinking, we're not even getting off the coach. Back then, I used to have, like, of course, I, I had a Walkman and a CD player. So that's I, how long ago it was. That's how long
1: ago it was. Some people listening to this will not even they know what even, a Walkman like, is.
0: That's, that's how crazy it is, <laughs> a Walkman and a CD player. And my album at that time was Mario's first album. Ah, that was an
1: album. What Bad was it Boy called? Album, I, can't I can't even remember.
0: remember. But I just remember, so I was listening on it. So I'm sitting there just on the couch now, and I see everybody get up walk off the coach i'm like how like so i take off like the headphones i'm like what? the game on and they just look at me like not even understanding and then the club president's like yeah the game's still on i'm like the game's on in snow in snow on free like, game <laughs> on. i kid you not that the, that was the diva in me i was like listen i'm not getting off he's like i'm not getting off i'm not playing in that so i literally sat there watched the game from the coach Sat there, so I put my headphones on. I was like, "Listen, I don't even know what I've done here. Like, this is mad." So anyway, they got on the coach. I was like, "Listen, I don't play on that. It's, it's not for me, in it." So and but that should have been signs of what's supposed to come. Anyway, three days later, we play our first preseason game where I'm playing, and it's away a local team. Like, yeah. say Millwall played Bromley or something. So yeah. it's like a local team. So we play like a smaller team. So everybody, it's like Hackney Marshes. Everybody's standing around. The pitch, so um, we kick off. Like, and at the moment, so I've been there maybe five days. So at the moment, nothing's come up, nothing's happened where I'm like, all right what's going on? Game kicks off. I'm um, if people know football, I didn't take the centre. I'm the one that they're going to dink the ball to, so I'm on the side, the the far side. So they kick it back, they kick it over. I'm running. My first touch, I hear. <laughs> and I, so I touched it. I thinking, nah, man, that's them. I didn't just hear monkey noises. Nah, nah, nah. So anyway, play on. Like a minute later, I like, touched the ball again. Monkey chance again. It's like nah, that definitely was monkey. So anyway, play on, play on, play on. Get the ball again. Another thirty seconds. Monkey chance again. So I'm like, yo. So then I was like, rah. Is this what it really is? So anyway. The ball comes back, then all of our hair is, ziga, 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 shoot the fucking nigger. That was the chart. Ziga, 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 shoot the fucking nigger. I was like, what? So That's shocking. I'm 18, just come from London. And the worst thing is I'm still, I'm a, I'm a big 18-year-old. So it's not I'm small, I'm still one of the biggest on the pitch. So I'm like, look, what is going on here? But I look at it, I'm still 18. So this is the first... I would say turbulence. It's the first time where I felt vulnerable.
1: Yeah.
0: Like, um, so anyway, um, at the, it goes into halftime and we go inside. And I went to our club captain who spoke a little bit of English. I was like, what does zigger mean? It's like, it don't mean nothing. Did this rhyme in zigger with nigger? I was like, Bra. I right, cool. And then I remember sitting there fifteen minutes, and it's crazy because as a youngster, I was so blinded by football. I didn't take the language, I didn't take racism, I didn't take the isolation. I didn't. That, none of that came into my head. Yeah. I literally just thought I'm gonna play football. Oh, yeah. I'm out. Do you know mm. what I'm saying? And it's it's funny because what I'm trying to tell people at the time is. If you take your mind back to 20 years ago, no iPhone, there was no FaceTime, laptops were crazy money back then. I have a laptop, you had to have real money. To talk to my family, I had to either get a phone call or go talk on MSN on the internet cafe. Oh, yeah. So, when I mean I was out there alone, whereas I go on holiday now or go and work, and I literally think I'm in the same room as my kids I FaceTime, everything. You know what I'm saying? It's, Whereas then it was isolation. But going back to the half time, so at half time, came out half time, and as we came out, Ziga, 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 shoot the fucking. I was like, oh, fuck this. I was like, you know what, I'm coming off. When I came off, what made it work is about a thousand people charting that. 300 maybe 400 When my own fans chanting that ziggaziga and they all jumped in they all their way fans started it and then my friend then when i came off there was a massive roar i was like yo i am out of here i remember our club president he, i used his mobile when i was with him to phone home so i said look i need to use your phone he gave it to me on the phone I remember first thing i phoned my brother i remember it's like it was yesterday so he's three years older than me so he would have been 21. so i phoned him. i was like yo Champs. He was like, what's up? I was like, fam, I'm coming home. He's like, well, what's wrong? I was like, yo, bro, these men here are racist. They're proper. This is what just happened. He was like, yeah. I was like, listen, bro, I will never tell you to stay anywhere that you don't feel comfortable. But if you leave, they win. And I remember him saying that. Mm. But at that point, don't even, I'm not going to lie to nobody. It wasn't like no film and music played and the lights came on and I was like... And I felt, ah, oh, nah, I ain't gonna let nobody win. Nah, I was like, fuck that. They won. I remember coming off the phone. Broken. Ah, like, oh, fuck that, man. That like, they won. I'm, I'm, I'm gone. But what, what, what was funny is that night called it the fine intervention. When I woke up, I swear that I just remember thinking, nobody's kicking me out of nowhere. Nobody is. I was like, I remember, talking to my brother. I remember, I was like, you know what? Boom, I'm staying. And my mindset, just after that phone call that night, that it just changed. So what I learned from there, I learned that ignorance is massive. I went out to the supermarket, walked in, everything stopped. I I swear down. Was it like imagine one of them tumbleweed
1: films? just it rolling just, through the store? You saw
0: people like, oh my days, what is this? And I was like, raw. I remember, see, for me, I'm still 18 of size. I'm like, let hell it is what it is. But I remember thinking, raw, everybody's looking. But anyway, got to the till. About to pay for it, and this little girl, she could not have been more than 10, came up, dressed up in all goth herb. There was like about seven or eight of them. So her parents would have been over there in the corner. I can remember it. They were standing by a perfume shop. I can remember it like it was yesterday. She walked up to me as I'm about to pay and just said, white power in my face, 10 year old. And I was, I remember looking at her like, and I looked around thinking, right, am I getting punked? And I was like, wait, where is your dad? So I can knock him out. And I just remember thinking, Raw. is this what it is? And this was so. It was after I'd been there, been there a couple of months now. So I'd known there's racism. Yeah, yeah. But there was there, there were the two racist moments that stood out. Yeah. to me, it was hard. Like, and I'll always say I would if I had the choice, I wouldn't do it again. Do you know what I'm saying? But I'm glad I did it. Do you know what I'm saying? So. um if you was to ask, I wouldn't want my kids to go through that. No. You know that. So that's why I'm saying I won't want my kids to go through that. But I'm glad I went through it because it shaped me. And that's where I'll be able to say, look, you know what? When you are going through your darkest point, if you can look at it and say, look, you know what? It's not always going to be this yeah. dark, and you can tap into that. That's what I was able to do.
1: Thanks for sharing
0: that story, no, Beto. Thank cool. you. I've, I've never got a problem with being honest.
1: That's why people love you, and that's why people follow you. Yeah. Um, along with the fact that FIFA. Love yeah. you. And yeah. what, so you were ranked the world's strongest footballer yeah. on FIFA.
0: There was a YouTuber, and I'll always give credit where credit's due. Um, his name's KSI, doing big things at the moment, oh, he's of course. Oh, you
1: know, he's doing all right, isn't he? Doing all right himself. Yeah, <laughs> Um
0: He did this video, so he used to do videos, of course, on YouTube, and he did this video and about beast players in the game. So he then did one of on me and was like, listen, I'm going to do one on the strongest player in the game. So somebody said, "Have I seen it?" And I was like, "Ah, man, I haven't seen nothing." Um, and um, somebody they sent me the link in it, and I, I watched the link, and it was like this video. And at that time, it had two million views within a couple of days, and it was a real big thing back then. Like, and I was like, "Wow!" Um, I was like, "Wait, wait, wait, hold on!" I'm the strongest in the game. So I found out I was the strongest in the game from that video. From KSI's video. From KSI's video, and I was like, "Wow, okay." What they might know about Acafemro Strength. Okay, I can roll with yeah. that. I can roll with that. At this, of course, at this time, I didn't get the gist of Twitter. I didn't get the gist of social media.
1: Yeah.
0: So my brother's like, look, you know what? Do a page. Like, yeah. You know, do do a page in you know? it. So I remember I, I did a page and I tweeted KSI. I was like, oh, I saw your video and that and he was like, oh my days. Ackie was like, oh wow. A professional football got, oh, a wow, the beast and that. I was like, okay, this was that. And then he tweeted and then that just went off. Like, It went off from there. Because he already had a huge following. He already had a huge following. And then from then I was like, I remember me and my brother always um, laugh about this because he was like, wait, that many people want to know who you are. And at this time I was at Northampton, so I was in League Two. So he was like, wait, that many people want to know who you are um, and know who you are. Like outside the the realm of League Two football, you know what I'm saying? It's like a I went in the prem. So my little like, hey, buff was like, I buff, I we're onto something here. So we was at Wood Green. We was just chilling. It was like, nah man, what are we gonna do, man? Like we're gonna have to repackage something and give it back to the people. What can we do? So he was like, I dunno, know, you know, so it's like he says you're a beast and that. He's like, yeah you are, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, but you're inch. He's like, so you know what, buff, like that man think man's a beast and that, and you know want to have to turn beast mode on and that, do you know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know what, bub, Let's let's see, you. Let, let's go with beast mode on in it. Literally, was like, all right, we're gonna go with beast mode on. And then my first tweet from there was like, raw, this driver trying to cut me up. He's lucky I didn't go beast mode on with him." Hashtag BMO, and that was the first tweet, and that's right, how that's how beast it all started. Mode went, started between me and my brother. Um, and then ever since then, it was, of course, you know. And say the rest is history, but yeah. then from then was the FIFA. Then FIFA saw me started tweeting about FIFA. Then FIFA's like, okay, now the second from one, let's see if we can work with him. And then from then and it was like now reminding. you work with
1: the NFL, you work with EA Sports, yeah, like yeah. you got some good partnerships. You're probably one of the most famous footballers that's never even played in the Prem. You've overtaken loads of premiership footballers on social media in brand partnership deals uh, like I'm sure i'm sure there's many out there that are like why am i not getting these things that this yeah, guy is getting yeah. and I think that's just so interesting that you've managed to turn yourself into a brand that is bigger than the league
0: <laughs> yeah you know what like this is what I'm saying like when you say that and I, I've come to that I've had this conversation
1: a few yeah, times. Yeah, don't be modest so, now, because it, no, is, what no, it no, is No, no, no,
0: no, no, no. What I mean, I've had this conversation. Not that I know that. And when I first heard that, I was like, "Raw." Do you know what I'm saying? It's still humbling now. It's still, because ultimately it's crazy, because I, I break it up in fractions, so I break it up. So I was like, as a footballer, I didn't achieve what I wanted to, be, to achieve. I wanted to play in the promised land. I wanted to play in the prem. Do you know what I'm saying? I didn't achieve that. But, so then I flip it. I'm like, okay, you didn't achieve that, but now look what you've achieved. Yeah, It's humbling, but it's nice to know that, yeah, you know what, on the football pitch, maybe I'm not amongst the elites, um, but what I've been able to accomplish off the pitch, my brand, my profile, I can sit up there with, with anybody up there. So it's it's humbling and it's
1: nice. Well, you're also humble about your achievements on the pitch because you have achieved a lot. Yeah, no, yeah,
0: no, no it's not even humble. but you know what the worst thing is, it's not even that. It's like, I always think that when the day I hang up my boots is the day where I, then I'll look at it and I'll
1: just be like, Is no. that in sight? 37? It's,
0: it's, it's, it's not far off.
1: Yeah. It's not far off. There's and that's no, the other thing, like, by building this brand, like, you can look to the future. Oh, uh, A lot of footballers, and I want to touch on that with you quickly. Yeah. yeah. A lot of footballers' careers are cut short or they don't make the money that they need to make in the game to be able to sustain life after the game. And that's when male suicide rate goes up, yeah. that's when male depression goes up, um, particularly in the footballing world. And there's not really a lot done for players when they exit the game. Yeah. You know, kids are going through YTS schemes, like not getting an education, focused on the game, focused on the game. It gets cut short with an injury. And then what do they do next?
0: I've had this debate a few times. Um, I think every club should be put in... They should put a scheme in place where it's not just football, they have to try and build life skills. Maybe 80%, I'm just fine that, you need to work afterwards. And even if you do make money, you you retire at 35.
1: Yeah, like it's one of those jobs, career's done at 35, yeah. you're still going at 37, yeah. you're blessed, yeah. you're strong, you've looked after yourself. Um, and you've clearly got your beast mode still switched on uh, as well. I already know. Jeez. <laughs> but you've got a career afterwards, which is yeah. your brand partnerships. You're getting into presenting. You're, you know, working with, with brands continuously on long-term contracts. Um, you've got the gaming world to tap into. There's so yeah. many different things you can do. Um, write another book. I know.
0: To be fair, you know? there, is, there is actually talks about that. Um, but, yeah, no, for me, I mean, what I've got planned um, after football is is the same what my mindset is as being in football, and that's not to try and limit yourself. With football, it's such a routine. And, you know, I find it even when the season's finished, I'm so used to getting up, going training, coming back. So, and then when that's taken away, it's, it's a sense of belonging. So sometimes it's literally not even just the money aspect. You know what I'm saying? Some people you find have earned lots of money, but have no longer feel like they've got a purpose, no longer feel like they've got a structure, no longer feel like they've got a routine. And that's the one thing about football, because also it brings routine. Sometimes you get a lot of things done, so you're told what time to coming for training, what time we're going to have lunch, what time we're going to meet for the coach, what time we're going to have pre-match, what time we're going to train, what time we're going to go for the warm-up. Um, your kit's are already there. Your, and I'm not saying that the younger people know that, but you're, you're within a structure. Mm. So once you take that out, you'll find people in pre-season, like... Well, when the season's ended after three weeks, all of a sudden they feel like they're getting itchy and oh well, mm. I don't know what to do. Yeah, Tony
1: used to be like you know that. Used you know, to be counting the days.
0: It's the hardest thing when you, it's cutting short.
1: So you are a footballer, yeah. but the reason I invited you on to influence me is because you are a massive influencer, you know. And it's not just because you got like a million followers. It's the beast mode movement. It's it's everything. I, it, it's the speaking openly about the racism and trying to make change there. Yeah. It's about leading the way in terms of having a football career that then extends to a bigger plan, which we just spoke on. Um, so what is the caption that you would want to leave, with the, world, leave the world with? And uh, I think I need a few hashtags in there as well.
0: Oh, gosh, what's the caption that I'd want to leave the world with?
1: You know what?
0: It's, it's not new. That What I'm saying is nothing new. I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that in life we've all got a story, we've all got an autobiography. Um, but we determine what how our story goes. So I guess it's just I think if you believe it, you can achieve it. It's the fact where I'm like, nobody knows you better than you. Be you. Be about you. Um, hashtag beast mode, um, hashtag faith. Hashtag love. You know what? It's your story. It's your journey. And in any walk of life, a professional is just an amateur that didn't quit. So that's our guess. That's I guess we can leave it like that. That a professional lovely. is just an
1: amateur that didn't quit. Thank you so much. B. <laughs> I can't believe I actually got you here on gas. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I know that your followers are going to absolutely love what you've shared today. Yeah. You've really lifted the curtain on your backstory and shared more than probably what you intended yeah, to share I know, today. I know, I know. <laughs> um, but I just want to say a massive thank you to everyone for listening to this episode of Influence Me. I'm personally feeling like I've got to have such a moment here being able to pull this guy into my home, sit on my sofa and give me a couple of hours of his time. I'm certain that his football career is only the beginning for him. That is definitely facts. Um, He is a beast both on and off the pitch. And what bio actually teaches us is to never judge a book by its cover, to stride towards your goals, whether your face fits or not. Um, And with enough determination and beast mode, you can achieve anything you set your mind to. If this episode helped you in any way, or you just simply enjoyed listening to it please do subscribe rate this podcast whatever it is that you listen so we can reach more people and inspire others also don't forget to share this with anyone in your life that you feel might need to hear what Bo's had to say today um, and would benefit from hearing this episode if you share it on social media I'll be sure to give you a repost just give me a follow at shaney underscore ryan where can they find you on socials B? um My Instagram
0: is the real at the real hacking firmware. My Twitter, I think, is the real hacking firmware. D8. um Snapchat, Mr Beast mode on, and I don't even use Facebook if I'm honest anymore. So I'm there. You can find me um, hashtag Beast twenty or Beast mode. I'm sure I'll be there. So I'm. Um, I'm on the gram, I'm about.
1: He's about. Don't forget to let us know if you've listened and hopefully he'll give you a little repost. Say no more. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Influence Me was written and presented by me, Shaney Ryan and produced and edited by Dawn Kelly for Birdline Media. Follow them at Birdline Media and follow me on Instagram at Shaney underscore Ryan. Our theme music is by Jay Lee Music and if you like today's show be sure to rate us wherever you listen to your favourite podcasts. Thanks for listening and see you in two weeks when you can catch my next special guest.